G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. And my good friend, Pastor Chris Bowman, has joined me in the studio. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thank you. Welcome along. It's yeah. uh, so good to have you as a part of the uh, discussion today. We're going to be talking about marriage and singleness mm-hmm. and what the Bible says on that topic. Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, Chris, you were a, a missionary in China for 20 years. That's correct. And uh, we've talked a little bit about Brother Andrew this morning, who passed yes. away yesterday at the age of 94. Mm. Uh, what are your thoughts on you know, God's smuggler? Who used to smuggle Bibles into uh, uh, you know into China? What an amazing man of God, hey? Yes, indeed. I I remember reading that book very early in my Christian walk, and I was so impressed with the uh, with the ministry he had and the faith he had to obey God, and uh, so it really uh, brought into balance the concept of respecting the laws and the government, but also of making sure that you're obeying God first. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that always was a key. As you know and mentioned, I spent 20 years living in China mm-hmm. and uh, always wanted to respect the authorities, but also realized that I answer to a higher authority. Wow, yeah. I yeah. must preach the gospel. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you smuggled Bibles yourself into China. Yeah. Uh, was it dangerous to do that? Like, you um, know? <laughs> Well, it's funny, you know, when you when you do what God asks you to do, I believe you have his protection. So yeah, yeah. in that way, there's, I would say there's no safer place to be than in the center of God's will. Yeah, yeah. So was it risky or not? I suppose on a human level it may have been. Mm-hmm. At that time, we were smuggling the Spirit-filled Life Bibles, yeah. the, the Flame Bible, as they called it, and that was something that the house church leaders didn't have. They did have Bibles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... They didn't have these Bibles that were like life application or spirit-filled life Bibles where they could get a lot of notes and help with their sermons because most of them are just coming up from the grassroots and don't have a great deal of theological training, etc. Yeah, yeah. And you also have done mission trips. Uh, You know, you do medical missions all around Southeast Asia. Right. Uh, You went to North Korea nine times. Yes. What was it like going to North Korea doing missions? Oh, just great, you know. A bit of a challenge like uh, you can imagine reading books like God's Smuggler. How do you open up to get a gospel conversation started in such a repressive regime? And it is a repressive regime. Uh, When we were first there, we would have uh, someone tailing us. That would be our translator. And then someone would be taking notes on the translator and someone would be tailing the note taker. So if I were to walk across the square, I'd have no fewer than three people following me. Wow. After the ninth trip, we walked around town un, uninhibited. We, really? We, we gained trust. We are actually able to walk around and go where we wanted to go without being tailed. So, again, uh, people caught up in a different system, people yeah. who God loves. Yeah. Uh, and we were able to win people to Christ there, including government officials. Yeah, wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Praise I, the Lord. I've heard some of those stories you've shared over the years, and it's yeah. just amazing. Mm. And then you're also based in Thailand. 
yes. uh, for 16 years. That's great. Uh, tell us about your ministry there. Well, of late since the tsunami uh, in 2006 or so, Boxing Day, we, we've been going back to Thailand two or three times a year, mm-hmm. bringing in medical teams. And we're working with the indigenous Thai church mo- movement that has a vision to plant churches in every district of Thailand. Wow. So our, our main objective is to go to those districts that are needy. Often there'll be a what they call a care group there, what we'd call a connect group, small group, cell group. And uh, what we do is meet with those people. And then as the patients are either waiting for the doctor or waiting for their medicine, they'll have a one-on-one to hear the gospel with a local Thai church member. And that's the person that's going to follow them up, bring them to connect group and bring them to church. So we've seen new churches starting mm-hmm. in many unreached districts. Mm-hmm. The first was a Muslim district, which after 2,000 years, no church, uh, several temples, several mosques. And we were both very challenged by that. So this is not God's will for there not to be a church. So we did actually three clinics in one day, the wow. first day we were there. And um, there's a church there now. Mm, fantastic. So yeah. good. Well, I've, I've loved uh, hearing all these missionary stories. Yeah. And, and you're a missionary in our own backyard here yes, true. In, uh, in Brisbane as well. Yes. Uh, you've been helping out uh, with the King's Table Soup Kitchen for yeah. about six years now, I think, six or seven years. Yeah. And, and you're running uh, Bible studies yes. uh, in a lot of the homeless shelters right. that we're working in. And we do this thing called the Discovery Bible Method yes. where we're trying to get people to read the Word and then right. kind of hear what God says to them. Just yep. unpack for us a little bit about what it looks like running yep. these Bible studies in homeless shelters. Mm. Well, well, firstly, uh, there's a saying, not your grandma's church. So I definitely say running a Bible study in some of the shelters we do, it's definitely not your grandma's <laughs> church. So that firstly being what it may, we, we are... Bring uh, try to bring a sense of community. We're mm-hmm. on their watch. We we ask them to set up an area where we'd at least have a table with chairs around it. We generally bring some snacks or some pizzas, and we've had several of the local community uh, donate to us weekly over the years. And so we'll sit around the table and using, of course, the first half an hour or so, chit chat, eat some pizza, you know, have a drink, have a joke, um, non alcoholic drink, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, so then when we start to do what we call the discovery Bible study method. Mm-hmm. So the wonderful thing about this is if I read John 1 this week mm-hmm. and we talk about it and I may ask two or three questions, what does this tell us about God? Mm. And open up to someone around the table answering that question. Can you summarize what we've just read? What does this tell me about the people in the story? What does this say to me about me, about how God feels about me? And then lastly, what am I going to do about this in the coming week? And the wonderful thing is like, it's like if you have a toddler, you put the cookies on the lower shelf, the, the toddler can reach them by himself. So essentially that's what we're doing with the Bible's discovery method is we're allowing the people to read the scriptures. And actually it's possible for someone to lead the meeting so without any preparation, mm. although I'm not advising that. Mm. Um, for example, next week I can say to the person on my left, well, do you want to read John 2 next week? Now, maybe you can have two or three questions prepared that God's spoken to you about, guide us a little bit if you just read it, and then we'll talk, go around and talk about it. Mm. And it's wonderful what the Lord brings out. Someone may ask a question off topic. That's okay. Mm. We've got time. And the beautiful thing is, like Paul says, when you come together, everyone has a hymn, a revelation, a song. And so everyone can participate in that. And so it's a great way of even church members growing in ministry and uh, especially new believers or non-believers, learning how to read the Bible and let God speak to their heart mm. through his word. Awesome. Well, mm. I've loved uh, watching you uh, set up all these Bible studies in the, the homeless shelters we're working with, and I've loved the way that you've uh, cared for a lot of these guys. Like One, one mm. of the guys that we're 
that, that uh, one of our best volunteers is a guy named Omid. Yeah. And uh, Omid's from the Middle East. He was living in one of the boarding houses. And uh, he used to be out drinking on Saturday nights. And you'd be there early on a Sunday morning knocking on his door saying, come to church, come to church. And, and he'd come along and he, he got off the, the, the grog. He got his life right with God. And uh, he's now got a successful business. He's yes. employing a couple of other people from right. the homeless shelters. Right. And he's one of our best volunteers. Right. And that's what we want to see people's exactly. lives transformed, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Amen. And when I count up the people from that particular shelter, and mm. that's sort of our model shelter, that actually existing church members, it's about 12. Yeah, wow. That's almost 10% of our average Sunday attendance. Yeah. And just last week, two new guys, yeah. two other guys besides this gentleman you've mentioned, yeah. Um, got jobs, yeah, and to me that's a huge breakthrough. We're 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 coming to the point where these people are being transformed. They're yeah. not just homeless, stuck in drugs in their in their mental cycles and everything they're going through, but they're being slowly transformed. And that that um, as Mark Matthews likes to say, is we have a concept of acceptance before change. Yeah, yeah. We receive them where they're at, like Jesus did with the woman at the well or the woman caught in adultery, not sanctifying their lifestyle, but coming down and condescending to men of low degree and just seeing the way God's transforming those people. It's really wonderful. Yeah. I mean, just the last week, two more guys mm. that regularly attend our Friday night. Um, I don't even know what we call it now. Connect uh, group. Connect, connect group. group. Yeah. That's it. Uh, <laughs> d- connect group, discovery, yeah. Bible study. They yeah. they have got jobs. And, they're, yeah, great. you know, like the Lord says, he takes the beggar out of the dunghill and sets him among princes. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that again and again and again. And awesome. To me, that's the breakthrough. But it, it doesn't come instantly. It comes after months of yeah. slogging, you know. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I know we could talk about that all day because we yes, both love uh, right. that ministry. But the topic today is marriage. Okay. And uh, we both presented at a marriage seminar last week. And interestingly, some of the guys from the, the boarding houses were attending as well. And, yes. And this is the thing. We, we don't just want to give a handout. We want to give a hand up. We exactly. Want, we want to set people up for success when it comes right. to things like marriage and uh, singleness as well. Yes. Um, just want to unpack a little bit for us about uh, what your message is that you bring yep. when you teach on marriage. Well, well. Firstly, um, one of my taglines is: uh, marriage is not so much about finding the right person as being the right person. Mm. I found in my life that marriage is a process, one of the processes through which God transforms me or sanctifies me into His image. It's good to have someone on my case every day and uh, <laughs> uh, telling me where I'm slipping up and where I need to go better. And and uh, my wife shared something with me last night, and I. I said, yes, dear, and she was probably very surprised, but I thought, well, you know, I'll let God speak to me through her. Why not? Yeah, yeah. And I want to be transformed into God's image. So that's one of the ways that God does it. Uh, secondarily, uh, I've been stressing in, in my talk throughout. Last night I did another seminar on mm-hmm. marriage for an hour, and, uh, and, and through that, that divorce is not an option. Mm-hmm. The Bible says to us in Malachi 2, I like the King James Version in this instance, God says, I hate divorce. Mm, mm. And so if God hates divorce, why has that become so tenable for us in the church today? Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not despising or looking down on divorcees or people with broken and failed marriages. Mm. I myself come from a broken family, and God is the great restorer. But if if in the evangelical church throughout the world, marriage failure is around 50%, as it is in the world, I say to people, not on my watch. We may not be able to change the present, but my, we can make a huge impact on the future if we resolve to align ourselves with God's purposes and say divorce is not an option. Yeah, amen, amen. Until death do us part. Amen. Or better yet, the rapture. (laughs) (laughs) 
And, you know, um, I found a stat from Focus on the Family a while back mm. that says, you know, 50% of marriages are in a divorce right. unless mm-hmm. the couple prays and reads oh. the Bible together daily. Yes. Then it's one in 1,500 Oh, my good. I mean, that's, that's a massive uh, change, you know. Oh, I agree. And, and, and this is why, you know, we believe – you know, a, a three-corded strand isn't yes. easily broken. If Christ is at the center of our marriages, true. if we're praying and reading the Word together, we've yes. got that firm foundation and Christ right. is at the center. Exactly. Mm. I was, You know, Christ is both, you know, if you look at the pyramid, Christ is both the apex of the pyramid and the foundation of the pyramid. But you look at the husband and wife being the sides of that equilateral triangle, the interesting thing, I didn't say it last night, but it comes again to me now, is the closer that we get to him, the closer that we get to each other. Yeah. And another analogy with that is like the spikes on a, spokes on a bicycle wheel. Yeah. The closer we get to the hub, the closer we get to each other. And I really think that's true. If, if we can just promote to people, and I did last night, don't just have your ministry time and your altar call and your prayer and your healing and your hearing the voice of God on Sunday morning at the altar call. Do it on Sunday night as a family. Do it on Monday morning when yeah. you're praying and sending your husband off to work with a blessing or your wife or your children. Pray and have mm-hmm. a ministry in the Holy Spirit. That was the accent last night. To minister in the Holy Spirit, to move in the Holy Spirit every day in your relationship as a couple and as a family. And one thing I loved hearing you say uh, in the seminar the, the other day is that married couples are complementary, mm. not competitive. Exactly. We, we really are meant to go together, aren't we, you know? Exactly. Mm. Absolutely. You know, uh, I believe that our culture has changed. The Word of God has not changed, I need to say that. But in our society, there's a lot of uh, mutuality. And um, I really forgot where I was going with this, <laughs> <laughs> which is the price. It's the price of being 64. <laughs> 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 I totally did. So we're meant to be yes. complimentary, not competitive. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the main focus on on the Saturday seminar last week was on roles. Yeah. And uh, as I say, these roles are complementary, not competitive. You know, if we look at the old way of think, thinking, which uh, some people term misogynistic, that the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is of the church, the Bible says that. But I say to people, look, if you and a husband can lay down your life for your wife like Christ does for the church, then she will happily happily submit or come alongside you, mm-hmm. uh, depending which way you want to interpret that. So one of the stresses I say in marriage as a roles is you focus on your role. You be the person God wants you to be. You let God change you. You conform yourself to the Holy Scriptures. Don't do that for your wife. Yeah. I'm speaking as a man. Yeah. Um, don't do that for your wife. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Mm-hmm. Don't do the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit is well aware of your husband or wife's weaknesses and well aware to convict them and transform them. You focus on the transformation God wants to bring in your life and let God take care of your spouse. Yeah, it's like that joke I shared the other day, Pastor Chris, you know, that that's what happens at a wedding. You go out, you go down the aisle, you go up to the altar and you sing a hymn. That's what a lot of women think marriage is about. I'll alter him. <laughs> and that's that's a good one. That's that's sterling. It's right up there with some of your best jokes. Like my tips to marriage couples, you know, never ask your wife what's for dinner when she's mowing the lawn. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's so naughty. Okay. So we, we, we better open the phone lines now. If you'd like to join the conversation, maybe you've got a, a joke about marriage you want to share with us, or maybe you've got some thoughts about what the Bible says about marriage yes. or about the gift of singleness. We're going to be talking about that Amen. as well. Uh, so, Pastor Chris, let's just uh, unpack a little bit more about this topic of marriage. Uh, you were sharing before 
about uh, just off air, we were chatting about sowing and reaping mm, when mm. it comes to yes. marriage. It's a biblical principle. Just right. unpack that a bit for us. Right. Well, you know the Bible. The Bible says you reap what you sow, and and um. So it's true in a marriage that you reap what you sow, and there are laws, there are, there are irrefutable laws in the universe, and this concept of, if you want to say it in, in, in Aussie farmer lingo, you, you're going to pick what you plant. So, and that's so true. That's an irrefutable law. If I believe in gravity or not, if I drop my pen, it's going to fall on the table. And so you are going to reap what you sow. That's irrefutable. Uh, so it's very important in a marriage that we avoid terms like you never do this or you always do this. And if you have to deal with the problem of today, deal with the problem of today. Don't refer to the past. Yeah. Yesterday you something, you, you know, you're never going to change. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. So never say, I can't do that. That's just me. So that's that's a, a, a very important concept. And the concept of unforgiveness growing as a bitter root in you, which Hebrews says that will defile many. It's so important that you get rid of your negativity and your unforgiveness because those things will go into your children. Mm. We look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the way Abraham deceived the king, Isaac deceived the king, Jacob uh, deceived his brothers and his his father to get the blessing. So these things will run in families if we don't get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's very important. That's what I say about uh, the – and I say, look, in your garden, you need a weed killer. Yeah, Repentance right. is a weed killer. Oh, Forgiveness is a weed killer. I love that. That's so good. Amen. We've got to sow in our in our marriages and we'll reap yep. in our marriages. Right. Such a good principle. Right. We, 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 we might come back to that shortly, but we've just got Mike from Tasmania on the line. Uh, g'day, Mike. You've got a question or a comment? Uh, a comment. I was um, single or unmarried, actually, as Scripture says. I was unmarried till I was Basically, forty-seven. So, being unmarried is not a life sentence. No. And the good, the, the the will of God is good, perfect, and pleasing. That's good, mate. Tell us a bit of your story. How did how did you uh, meet your your spouse? Well, I, I I got saved at twenty-eight. Then I went to Bible college at the Weck Missionary Training College in Tassie. Then went overseas and came back and and. Uh, and I wanted a partner and or a wife, and uh, and God had a plan, and He'd given this girl Mary a dream that she'd come and meet a guy called Mike, and so she met me, and she told me the dream, and we prayed, and God seemed to confirm it, and we put it before my church, and they said she's a keeper, and um, and uh, we we got married. We sort of got married uh, more out of well, we didn't get married because we're madly in love. We got married because we knew it was good and we liked each other. She was a good-looking Sheila, you know. And um, and you know we're at nineteen years down the track and have a have a, a lovely daughter who just had her leavers dinner last night and and we all follow Jesus. Yeah, and and you know it's important to wait for the right one, isn't it, mate? Hey, sure is. Mm. The mm. good things of the good the suddenlies of God come eventually. The suddenness of God come eventually, and you know the good things in life are worth waiting for. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And mate, we we're just just chatting about the principle of sowing and reaping in our marriages. Um, we need to make sure that we uh, are sowing into our relationships. It's su- such an important principle, isn't it? it? It certainly is. I mean, each day, my wife Mary and I we pray, have a coffee, and we pray together. We read our scriptures individually. But we can sometimes together, sometimes, but we, we pray together every day. 
Yeah. And we, you know, and we, and we go to church together every Sunday. <laughs> Great testimony, yeah. mate. Thank you so much for your call, Mike. Excellent. Bye. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Pastor Chris Bowman from New Hope Church in Brisbane, and he's uh, been teaching a bit about marriage recently, and uh, we love to hear your calls. You can call through any time on 1-800-316-316. And uh, Pastor Chris, you got another uh, scripture you wanted to share yeah, from Malachi on marriage. I do want to share a scripture from Malachi. Just before that, if I may, just talk a tiny bit about conflict re- re- uh, resolution. Two of the most important things, I mean, three of the most important words and the hardest words in the English language are, I'm sorry, I forgive you, and Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> so hopefully we can work on the first two. And even if you know that your partner is wrong, you can still resolve that conflict by saying, I'm sorry, we had a fight. Yeah, yeah. At which point your partner will usually humbly say, oh, it was my fault. Don't agree with them. Agree to say, well, at least 50% was mine. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't want to fight with you. Mm. Let's pray. And so very short, and if you do feel that things are escalating, call a st- strike break. Some people use an object. I'm going to lift up the white tissue of surrender or the red handkerchief of, and say, look, let's talk about this when we calm down after dinner, yeah. 7 p.m. in the lounge. Yep. Don't let things escalate because it's when you're emotional and out of control of your thoughts and, and, and your feelings mm. that you can say things that will scold people. Mm. Mm. That's hard to bring back later. So remember those things. I'm sorry. I was wrong. It, they're great words. And, you know, uh, the devil's plan is to divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's always trying to get in and cause disunity, cause di- dis- division and unforgiveness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- and that's why we, we can't give the enemy a foothold in our mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to make sure that we are forgiving. It's uh, it's uh, such an important thing. What, what was that line you said before? Repentance is uh, like… Repentance is a weed killer. A weed killer. Yes. In your garden. I love it. That's fantastic. That's good. And we've got Pinky from Regency Downs in Gatton in Queensland joining us. How are you going, Pinky? Yeah, good, my man. How are you going? Very good, buddy. What would you like to chat about? Uh, well, I've got a bit of a joke and then a little bit of a testimony for you. Pastor Chris, should we let him tell a joke, you reckon? I think so. Yeah. It's only fair. O- over to you, mate. Rightio. There's a gentleman walking down the beach and he sees a, a bottle on the, uh, in the sand. So he picks it up, dusts it off, and out comes the genie. The genie said, I've been stuck in here for 2,000 years. You get one wish. And he said, hey, isn't it supposed to be three? He said, no, it's hard times. He said, I'm in a hurry. He said, so what's your wish? He said, make it good. He said, rightio, I don't like flying, but I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. He goes, can you build me a road from Australia to New Zealand? And the genie turned around and thought about it for a minute. He said, you know how hard that is to build a road from here to New Zealand? Now, he said, all them pylons that I've got to drive deep into the sea and all that concrete? He said, he said, surely you've got an easier wish for me. And he goes, well, there's one other thing that I've always been concerned about and wanted to know. He said, what's that? I said, can you tell me what a, how a woman thinks? And he said, do you want that one lane or two? <laughs> <laughs> good one. Very good. Very good, mate. Got the truth in there. <laughs> Thank you for that. And, and all the ladies out there, we do love you. We do love you. So, yeah, no, that's, that's a good marriage joke, mate. We, we love those. Keep them coming. That's uh, right. What would you like to chat about as well, mate? Uh, the, other, the other side of it was um, that uh, my wife now, um, her and I met each other. Uh, I was 19 and she was 16. And she, the Lord told her that um, when she was 16, that that's the man she's going to marry. 
And so she waited 22 years because I told her she was too young. And then uh, 22 years later, we're now married and got a beautiful child together. Wow. Yeah. And that's Lockie in the background going, yes. <laughs> hey, Lockie. Um, so, yeah, and we've got our own business and now uh, we're going going really well. We've been married, yeah, a good uh, 10 or 12 years or something like that. So yep. It's been excellent. And, and what would you say the secret is to a successful Christian marriage from your point of view, mate? Um, communication is your biggest thing. Um, that's probably if, as soon as you lose communication, you lose touch of each other's um, viewpoints and um, emotional points, or nearly every point. If you stop talking, it's gone. Yeah, because that's where the devil comes in. He, the devil starts talking to you after that. You know, he starts getting in your head and putting all these thoughts in there, and and then. And that's what causes the, the the wedge, as one would say, and it starts wedging you apart. Yep, absolutely, mate. So, and no one likes a wedge, you do they? No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> Sorry, I so, couldn't. Um, communication is probably your biggest thing. Um, uh, and oh, I suppose, you know, you know, like not having to be right all the time. Yeah. Even when you're right, you can still be wrong. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. there's, there's, there's a bit of a compromise there. Well said, mate. Really appreciate your call today. Thanks for the joke and thanks for the uh, the marriage advice. God bless you. Bless you both. Thank you. See ya. And if you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. We'll talk about the topic of marriage and singleness from a biblical point of view. Uh, we've got about another 15 minutes left, so if you're going to call, jump on the phones now, 1-800-316-316. And Pastor Chris, we were chatting uh, a little earlier about uh, what the Bible says in Malachi. Yes. about uh, marriage. What are your thoughts yes. on that, mate? Well, before we go there, I'd like to agree with Pinky. Great joke, great uh, um, <laughs> advice. And and I've heard also that actually women spend more time wondering what men are thinking than men actually spend thinking. <laughs> also, women and men have a different uh, view of what humor means. Uh, men love to have a woman that has a good sense of humor, and women love to have a man that has a good sense of humor. Mm. Now, a man's perspective is that uh, a woman's perspective is a man with a good sense of humor makes me laugh. A man's perspective of a woman's sense of humor is she laughs at my jokes. <laughs> so okay. I think I think both of those things are somewhat true. Anyway, back to the word of 16. It says, she is your companion, the wife of your covenant. So firstly, I'd like to stress on that. Covenant is not contract. When you own the house, you have a covenant. When you rent it, you have a contract. Did not he make them one, yet he has the residue of the Spirit, and wherefore one, that he might seek a godly seed. So God is desiring us to live together in this covenant of marriage till death do us part, so he can raise up a new godly generation. Is that not what this world needs? Mm -hmm. And he says, therefore, take heed to your spirit. Let none of you dwell, dwell tre deal treacherously against the wife of your youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I hate Divorce. Mm, mm. That's strong. I wish I'd read that earlier on in my relationship, but when I did, mm. I thought, I'm going to align myself with the purposes of God. I want to challenge all our listeners today. Let us build a better future according to God's word, mm, built mm. on the covenant and raising a godly seed to transform this world into the kingdom of God. Mm, absolutely. So important. That, and, you know, we need to get back to the word of God when it comes to marriage. There's so many, uh, you know, things that Hollywood might tell us about mm, marriage. Mm, mm. There's so many things that... Uh, 
we might learn from our parents about marriage, but mm. what does the Bible say on yes. this topic? And also singleness. We, we will uh, unpack that soon. Uh, all right, mate, what's the – oh, actually, I should just mention, if you do want to call, now is the time to call. Mm-hmm. If you've got a, a comment or a question about marriage, mm-hmm. call 1-800-316-316. Right. Uh, what's the next topic you want to tackle there, mate? Well, I want to talk a little bit about faith and vision in a marriage. Now, it's very important for us as as married partners in Christ to have a relationship based on faith and vision. And last night when I was unpacking this, the thing that the Lord stressed to me and I want to share with you today is that in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, the word substance is in Greek, is hypostasis. And this word's very interesting because when the translators were translating the Bible, they found this word, but they couldn't find it anywhere else in the literature. So they said, well, if it's the evidence of things not seen, therefore it must be the substance of things hoped for. They kind of guessed the meaning. But a few years ago in Palestine, archaeologists discovered a... a uh, a chest, and in there were some legal documents, some scrolls. And a Jewish woman had been traveling through Palestine, and she had these land holdings in Palestine. When they unraveled these scrolls, at the top of each one, it said hypostasis, and then it had the title deed to her land. Now let's read that with that. Faith is the title deed of things hoped for, mm. the evidence of things not seen. Second Peter one four says, Whereby are given unto us great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. These promises of God, these 7,000 or so promises of God, are title deeds in your life, in your marriage. You can claim daily in your marriage to unlock the promises of God, the blessings of God in your life. Remember, faith is the title deed, and faith comes through hearing the word of God. Mm, amen. So important, isn't it? Uh, we just uh, love the fact that, uh, you know, when we have the word of God as our foundation, you know, we're going to uh, find that, you know, w- when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are added unto us, it says in Matthew 6.33. It's so important to have the word of God as our basis. Yes. Our phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. We've got Jenny from Henty in New South Wales. How are you, Jenny? I'm well, thank you. Have you got a question or a comment for Pastor Chris? No, just a comment. Um, when uh, my husband and I announced our engagement, um, there was a um, uh, an older ch- couple in the church. I hadn't really had lots to do with them. And they um, asked us if we would like to go and have a cup of a couple with them at their house um, after the service. So we did that. And... Um, uh, it was uh, sort of. I was. She put some food out on, out on the table, and I I couldn't eat it. And even though she was, well, much older than than we were, she said, "Oh, she said, I remember. You know the excitement and the, um, you know that you can't eat because it's all so exciting and so new. That was really good. And then she went on to say about." when they were first married, um, through the Depression, and um, they were living in a place and uh, out in the country, and there was no... They had no meat for, for months and months and months. And she told us the story about how one day her husband went out and he killed a little quail, and they had some meat to eat. And um, she just a week or so before we were there, she was telling another young person about that and the younger person said, oh, she said, that's absolutely disgusting. She said, I would have left him. 
she said, why did you stay, you know, I'm putting you through that? And she said, oh, no, she said, I couldn't leave him. She said, that's when he needed me the most. Mm. It's such an important principle, isn't it? Because a lot of people just cut and run and, and think, you know, uh, I'll, the grass is greener on the other side, but, you know, the grass is greener where you water it, isn't it? Oh, good one. Absolutely. And I think the, the um, we've often talked about the story when we've, when we've had problems in our marriage and, you know, tough things. Everybody has tough things. And we've gone back to that, what they told us then. Mm. I think the advice and the, the counsel and the example of older people is something that's missing these days that, you know, they, I don't know whether they particularly wanted to give us marriage counselling or anything like that. I think it was just that they, you know, were being friendly and nice. Um, but she had something important to share, and she did. She just shared it in a very loving and beautiful way. Mm, mm. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, appreciate your call today, Jenny. Thank you so much. No worries. Okay, good. Thank you. Bye. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join the conversation. We've got uh, Daniel from Victoria uh, joining us now. How are you, uh, How are you, Daniel? I'm well, mate. <clears throat> you got a question or a comment, brother? Uh, two comments. Two quick ones. I remember when we got, uh, well, we got married, my wife and I. I married my boss. <laughs> that probably was the first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Took a while to work out who was boss after that, <laughs> but um, uh, I remember uh, we've we've gone through some tough times, and we were actually counselled after we got married that we should never have got married. Yep, it was quite interesting because uh, we are chalk and cheese. Mm -hmm. We're not even on the same page. Yeah, you know, there's nothing in common or anything like that. But I sought God, and He gave me a promise, and He said that this is going to be a hard marriage, but this will be a good marriage, and much fruit will come from this marriage. Mm. And we've been married nearly thirty years, and it's had its tough times. But you know what? Tenacity. Grab hold of what God gives you, and go. Okay, you know you you know about this. Yeah, and uh, and we're still married. You know. Um, still working, you know, still working it through. But uh, I just thought uh, tenacity is a big one, not not having a hissy fit and, you know, type of running away just because it's not suiting to you, but saying, okay, well, there's a purpose and a plan here. Yep. And, uh, yeah. And my other point was uh, you were talking about um, what the Bible says about marriage. Isn't it interesting that there's a great conflict between what the Bible says about marriage and what the church says about marriage, mm -hmm. as in the organisation of the church. Well, Something to think about. I guess it depends which denomination you're talking about there as well. But no, I, I, see, I, I, uh, I there's a can of worms we could open there, but I see where you're going there with, with that, Daniel. appreciate that. <laughs> yep. All right, mate. Thanks for your call, brother. Okay. God bless. Bless you. Bye. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join the conversation. Uh, we've got uh, a caller from Portland, Victoria. How are you? Good, thank you. Yourself? Very good. Have you got a question or a comment? I've got a comment, actually. I've been listening to most of it. Um, what I want to say is, is with, with, 
relationships and especially like I didn't know I'm long time divorced didn't know it was a sin even at the time actually but that's irrelevant what I see in my old age basically is that we should be teaching our young people um, how to get about relationships with people like in school and that they should be teaching things the things that we didn't learn that weren't even words in our vocabulary when we were growing up like manipulation coercive control bullying all those sort of things it's all right to say you've got to stay in a marriage or whatever but if you've got some of this stuff happening and you can't recognize what the heck it is you just know there's something wrong there yeah you're in trouble you know and you're forced to stay there by the church because god doesn't like divorce and then you know that's not the way it should be should be going we should be teaching young people it would help with domestic violence to stop that sort of thing but even just people not marrying the wrong people yeah yeah now, I hear where you're coming from, and, you know, at our seminar we, we ran on uh, last week, we, we said to everyone, you know, uh, please uh, see a counsellor, you know, if you if you need advice. Please, you know, please make sure you talk to someone about these things if you're going through a tough time. But I agree uh, your point uh, that you're coming from there. Pastor Chris, any thoughts or comments? Well, I, I love what you said. I think prevention is better than cure, and you're just thinking about all the training that we go into in school, and... The children are trained to to even perform in a profession they might be in for 50 years, but they're not trained to perform in a marriage they might be in for 70 years. So there's a lack in our educational system as regards human relationships, particularly marriage and parenting. But God help us not to have that lack in the church, and we should have mechanisms whereby we prepare young people for life and for marriage. And thanks for sharing, sister. That's a really good point. Thank you. Thanks for your call. God bless. And phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join the conversation. And we've got Michelle from Queensland. How are you, Michelle? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Very good. You got a question or a comment? Uh, it's more of a comment, actually, and it's probably following on from what was just been spoken, actually. Okay, go for um, it. Uh, more in the relation, I think we've probably done our children wrong in some way by, um, I've actually, from our own experience, I've been We've been married 34 years and both our parents have been married for forever with one person and everything. However, I think we've probably done our children a little bit wrong by um, in this day and age in society in, in saying that um, teaching them exactly what the Bible says in, um, in the, without taking it into proper context and say, not letting them know that there is an out when there is a major abuse in the mm-hmm. si- situations of narcissism, you know, these people are manipulative and quite often not aware prior to marriage. Um, red flags don't seem to stand up sometimes because of their extreme cleverness and the effect on, um, you know, situations of banning grandchildren and other situations like that, which is in our case. Um, but I think we've done our children wrong by telling them that there's one marriage, God tells us that we're to stay in the marriage and blah, 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 without actually saying, hey, yes, go to counselling. However, if that's not enough, that you do have an out because it's your safety. And that, and I think we've actually done a disservice to our kids by actually not letting them know that there is there are other options. Yeah. Um, and that is before God as well. So yeah, 
Absolutely. No, well said. Really appreciate your call today, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. God bless. Bye-bye. And uh, Pastor Chris, our time's almost up, but I just wanted mm. to say, really appreciate you sharing uh, you. some of these uh, uh, hot tips from the Word of God on marriage. Yes. And uh, if, one of the things that we also re- recommended at the seminar was the uh, the Alpha Marriage Course oh, yes. and the Alpha Pre-Marriage Course. Yes. Both available on YouTube. Uh, search up Alpha Australia, alpha.org.au. Uh, right. They're two very good resources that we're always using in our church. And uh, it's so important to make sure that, uh, you know, you take your car in for service regularly. Mm. You should take your marriage in for service too, eh? <laughs> so true. So awesome. true. Fantastic. And if people would like to uh, also help out with the King's Table Soup Kitchen we were chatting about earlier, uh, you can find out more and connect with Pastor Chris at newhopecare.org.au. Uh, people want to help out on Friday mornings for that outreach or maybe you want to help with one of those Bible studies in the, uh, the shelters that we were chatting about as well. Uh, Pastor Chris Bowman is your man. Thanks for joining us today, mate. It's been my pleasure. God bless. God bless you too. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.